Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast is brought to you by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. You can learn more at GoliathTechnologies.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Liquidware. And one of the stories in the news segment this week just so happens to feature Liquidware. So keep listening for that. And now for some news. I'd like to start with the follow-up to some of last week's news. As you may recall, I reported that Office 365 and Azure MFA users were locked out. You may recall I referenced a call for people to set up a break glass account. Well, did you? Because if you didn't and you had problems last week, it's possible you had problems again this week because the MFA outage reoccurred. This time, the Microsoft Azure status page was updated with the root cause, suggesting engineers have determined a domain name system or DNS issue caused sign-in requests to fail. But this issue is mitigated and engineers are restarting the authentication infrastructure. And that could have taken several hours. So by now, there shouldn't be any more issues. But two weeks in a row, that's really not a good look. Also last week, I reported on a story about ARM64 apps on Windows 10. Well, this week, NeoWin.net reported that Microsoft are currently working together with Google to bring Chrome to Windows on ARM. That would be very interesting to see. Chrome's reputation for being a memory hog would be interesting on an ARM device. Would this be a Chrome light of some sort? Could this Chrome appear in the Microsoft Store? Well, apparently not, as Microsoft's rules are that any browser in the store must use Edge HTML rendering engine, and Google's not likely to make that change. But it'll be interesting to see what the result is of this collaboration. Advanced Installer, who were the very first vendor to announce support for Microsoft MSIX, have released version 15.5 that contains new features such as package support framework integration for MSIX packages, the ability to import and customize MSIX modification packages, to target package registry preview for MSIX modification packages, support for MSIX Windows Store project registry, current user registry support for MSIX projects, and also prerequisite .NET Core 2.1 IIS hosting bundle. MSIX, of course, is still in its infancy. Not a whole lot to write home about in those features yet. And also, just MSIX in general needs a little bit of work. But Advanced Installer, interestingly, have been the packaging vendor at the forefront. CloudHouse were second in line that I can recall who were announcing support for MSIX. And they also spoke about MSIX at a conference with Microsoft and have been partnered with Microsoft. So that's very interesting. In previous years, Flexera seemed to be the closest partner when it came to package output support from Visual Studio to MSI and Flexera certainly will be supporting MSIX but Advanced Installer were the very first ones this time so that's interesting. This next story is a little old as it was announced on November 15th. Sorry it got lost in my notes I meant to put it on an earlier episode but Rubrik have announced Andy's version 5. Some of the announcements uh, for Oracle Database Rubrik now has instant recovery and live 
live mount to achieve almost near zero recovery time object. A feature called NAS Direct Archive for those who back up their NAS to a remote store. It indexes the data automatically to save you time when you need to recover from that remote storage. There's also a lot more, but I just want to talk about one other announced feature, which is the biggest one in my opinion, their Elastic App Service. This service is a new storage repository that provides a highly available storage efficient distributed file repository over NFS or secure SMB, which are obviously very common in enterprise. This platform allows nearly any application or operating system to write direct to the volume, opening and closing the connection with scripted API calls. The Elastic App Service works like any other plain old NFS SMB, but when the connection is closed, a point in time snapshot is taken and the data is secured. I'm not a security expert by any means, but to me that sounds really unique and really cool. So I figured it was worth sharing, even if it's old news at this point, kind of. My buddy and fellow Irishman, David Wilkinson, or Wilkie IT by his site name, this week updated his great in-depth article on Office 365 in non-persistent environments. This is a timely update as last week at the Dutch Citrix user group meeting, he spoke on the topic referencing a chart he made in January while giving context to what had been updated since that diagram was made. But of course, the internet being the internet, a picture of the chart was tweeted out and people were confused because it didn't have the full context that he had provided in person. To make it clear, the diagram now shows a byproduct comparison on which Office 365 roaming and capabilities are available with each. So definitely check that out, it's very useful. MSPowerUser.com have a useful post this week. It's a how-to on setting up cloud clipboard, which could be damn useful for roaming between machines. Imagine the ability to copy something on one machine, go over to another machine, you know, be it any other type of Windows device, just logged in as you, and then being able to paste that. It seems like a very small thing on paper, but in my head at least, I think it would be a really cool, useful feature. In what I think is a bit of a bummer story, Reuters reported that the negotiation between Logitech and Plantronics for a planned acquisition have been terminated. I'm a big fan of Logitech, so I think that could have been cool to have both of them working in lockstep with obviously very widely used products, but say la vie, I guess. A study out of Stanford by their researchers suggests that work from home is the smartest management strategy. Inc.com reported excerpts suggesting it increases employee productivity, reduces attrition rates, lowers facility costs, results in fewer sick days taken by employees, and reduces overall payroll costs. I could see why that would be the case. I actually posted a blog article many months ago on the topic of work from home or work remote, uh, some of the pitfalls that you could fall into, um, some of the challenges that I had in the past when I was working 100% remote, and also what I've done to adapt. If you want to read that, I'll provide a link with this episode, which is episode 48. Check out 5bytespodcast.com, episode 48, under reference links, or on the YouTube description. This week it has been reported by Gary Bernhardt that an M. PM package which has 2 million weekly downloads has had malicious code injected into it. At the time of me scripting this episode, nobody knew what the code actually does. Another stark reminder that open source still requires a healthy dose of scrutiny. 
It had previously been reported by many that the November patches break Office 2010 and affected customers were told not to uninstall the patch and were instead advised to use OWA until a fix had been released. Well, this bad patch has now been patched. But wow, what a wild few months of patches. On the topic of patches, if you've looked at November patches, you may have noticed a flash patch is now available. You better take it. This is yet another flash zero day patch. Like other flash vulnerabilities in the past, this allows remote code execution that baddies could use to get into all kinds of mischief. I think Steve Jobs was right. We must kill flash. Also, just as much Java. Usually when there's vendor conferences, I lead with those stories, but I decided to do it in the opposite order this time. So to wrap things up, I'm just going to touch on some of the announcements from AWS reInvent and also HPE Discover. So starting with AWS reInvent, a new product was announced called Firecracker, which is a KVM-based container or micro-VM as AWS called it, which is basically the same thing. Like other containers, you could spin up a clean new KVM container in seconds. They boast security, high performance, low overheads. They state that it's open source, which I guess as I covered in a previous story could be a plus or negative. And they also stated that Firecracker has been battle tested and is already powering multiple high volume AWS services, including AWS Lambda, which I mentioned on a previous episode of the podcast, and AWS Fargate. Also during the event, Liquidware, who are sponsors of this podcast, announced support for Amazon AppStream via its FlexApp application layering and Profile Unity user environment management products. This makes FlexApp the very first layering product with support for AppStream. If you're not familiar with Liquidware products, uh, you'll want to look into Profile Unity too and see what this could mean for the way you manage your AWS AppStream environment today. It should be able to provide a lot more capabilities than maybe you're used to right now. You also want to look at how they do caching and roaming using cloud storage. HPE Discover was held this week in Madrid. It was announced that HP will be acquiring Blue Data. Founded in 2012, Blue Data is a privately held company headquartered in Santa Clara. Blue Data's software platform uses container technology to make it simpler and more cost-effective to deploy large-scale machine learning and big data analytics environments. And if it sounds like I just read a brief of what they are, I did because I don't really know the company myself. Um, it stated that Blue Data enables accelerated insights from AI and big data with their as-a-service platform, which expands HPE's offerings in rapidly growing markets. More jargon. HPE stated that they have the world's most intelligent storage, incorporating new advancements in AI, cloud data mobility, and storage platform performance to enable faster and better data insights. HP also announced new Edge platform solutions that dramatically speed the deployment and simplify the management of Edge applications. So from the various announcements from HPE Discover, it's interesting to see where HP, I guess, are today and where they plan to go compared to, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago when they were one of the largest tech companies in the world. It seems like they're putting all their eggs in one particular basket at the moment, at least going off the announcements of this. Obviously, HP split with the HP division for hardware and HPE for the more uh, business services. I spent many happy years working at HP or, well, what would be HPE now. 
I wish them the best. I didn't see too much to get excited about, really, but I hope it all works out. Well, I said I was going to wrap up with that, but I did have one more thing I wanted to add very short. Congrats to Irish company Thinscale for winning the Emerging Company of the Year Award at the Tech Ireland Awards. And now for this episode's Hot Jobs. This week features many jobs with GitHub. I actually featured GitHub previously on Hot Jobs, but specifically for summer internships. This time it's jobs covering a variety of different areas, including finance, legal, engineering, support, and so on. Some of the positions are in their HQ in San Francisco, but many are available either remote within the United States or remote globally. So it's well worth a look. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. This one's kind of a tip, but it's also a request. Johan, who I actually featured on the podcast before for his VDI guide, has wrote, written a pretty interesting blog post on will 2019 be the year of VDI? Uh, I touched on this topic a little bit in an article with Trent, Ty, where we covered Windows Virtual Desktop. I'm thinking I may write my own post on this since I've been working with VDI for about 10 years now and have a pretty strong opinion on it. So keep an eye out for my article, but also check out this article for yourself. And more importantly, I would request that you answer the survey that's uh, linked at the bottom. These kinds of industry surveys are really helpful for gauging what everyone else is doing out there. You know, we can go off of Twitter, we can go off Citrix user groups, uh, VMUGs, and whatever else, but obviously the internet has a very far reach. So if you're listening to this, please check out the link. I'll put it in the YouTube description. I'll put it on 5bytespodcast.com under the reference links, under scripts, tricks, and tips for this episode. Do a solid. And... As always, thanks so much for listening.